Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. When Peter and Masha asked me last month um, if I was ready to um, preach or bring a message again, I was like, yes, I, I am. I have this thing. I've been walking in it. I've been marinating it. It's, it's good. I'm excited. Um, and as this morning drew closer, um, it's gotten harder. Uh, and so I'm to my 22, I just want to say, I'm feeling you this morning. <laughs> um, the title of this message is God Chose You. And we're going to unpack this through one of the parables. And I'm going to try to draw and write at the same time. <clears throat> it is... It is a skill. I think I got it, but you will know if I struggle. So I want to tell you a little bit about how this all has worked out in my life. And um, the way I'm going to unpack this is kind of a, a real quick timeline. So many of you have heard my story, and you know my upbringing wasn't easy. Most of us didn't grow up in a perfect, wonderful house. Um, and... We didn't know growing up that we were chosen. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know I was chosen. Um, I had um, abandonment issues. I had rejection issues. I was abused by an older system. Chosen wasn't even in my vocabulary, and it wasn't a message that was preached in our church. And um, so when we don't know, or prior to, we, to when we know that we're chosen, we're really walking around um, as a child you know, literally, figuratively, because a lot of us were adults when we realized that we were chosen. Um, didn't really have a sense of faith. And, and just as a child would, you're just sort of following, you know, where the family goes, right? We, we went to church because that's what the family did. Except for in my case, in the summer, we didn't go to church because apparently God took the summers off, <laughs> you know. I just did what my family did. Um, so for me, that with this this lifelong issue and you know until I, I stepped into this kind of understanding I was living without God can we say that so because if we don't understand that he chose us we're really living with without him outside of um, his influence in my life and then as an adult in my late 40s and um, it just like last year um, <laughs> I was moving closer t to the cross and I was understanding like, okay, like this lifestyle is not healthy. This, you know, things I was doing, the partying, the, the indiscriminate um, intimate encounters that I was having, I realized like there's, there's a good way and a bad way to live. And, and I, so I started to make some choices between what I would call right and wrong and as I did that, I began to live sort of under rules, right? So this is sort of a, a wrong thing. Now, I was a single parent. Um, when my ex-husband and I split up, my girls were two and four. So most of my motherhood was spent single parenting, and we survived by rules. 
So I moved from not having any sense of God's presence in, in my life as a father to just simply following the rules. On the DISC personality um, scale, that high C, was, was, that was the way I survived, especially if things were going south. I just went to the rules. Give me the rules and I'll be okay. And then as I started to understand community, so now we're sort of in our early 50s, my early 50s, um, <clears throat> I started to understand community. I came back to the Lord in a sense of, okay, this is what I want for my life. But the problem was then I went, what I'm going to say, on mission. So I'm, I'm just going to be all in for Jesus. I'm just, I've got these nice rules and they're wonderful and they're working for me and they're keeping me safe. So I'm just going to go on mission for Jesus. Well, unfortunately, I didn't take him with me. <laughs> so think, think historically the Crusades, right? On mission without Jesus and what happened? A lot of people died. And that's what happens when we live for Jesus in the sense of, I'm going to do this for Jesus. So I've progressed from not at all to having these rules and finding my footing there and getting safe to now living on mission for Jesus pretty much without him. And some of you have heard me share that. Eventually, as an empty nester um, and moving from my career into retirement, I started this process of, okay, so I have these rules. I have my quiet time every day. I go to church. I'm in Bible study. I'm doing different things for Jesus. And then life happens, right? And so then I go back to the rules because I'm a high C when I'm stressed, so I'm starting to check, the, did I have enough quiet time? Am I praying enough? Maybe we should start a prayer group, right? Maybe I'm not evangelizing enough, so I need to check that box. Am I checking enough boxes? Because life is happening. I'm on mission. I'm doing it for Jesus, but my life is falling apart. And what do I do with that? So I'm, I'm in this place of from. I'm checking boxes to get things from Jesus. If I do the right things, he'll bless me. Right? Well, it didn't go well because I didn't pray hard enough. I didn't go to Bible study every week. I'm not serving at church. I didn't evangelize to my neighbors. I didn't go pray for that woman when she was sick. We want this exchange. But this is what I want to talk to you about this morning. Whether we're without, under, for, or from, it's never going to work unless we're doing it with Jesus. Okay? This is what I've been walking out for almost a year now. <clears throat> so you are chosen 
for a couple of main reasons. You're chosen because you're made in his image. Genesis 1.1. You are chosen. He chose you from the foundations of the world. You're chosen because you were made with a purpose. And that purpose is to accomplish his purposes through you into the world with him, not by yourself. And we're going to unpack this in, um, <clears throat> and explain why this is important. <laughs> because it goes sideways, amen? For those of you new to Arise, this is, this is um, second to our logo. This is probably <laughs> something most of our regular people understand. These are ditches on this side and this side. <clears throat> and the reason that we like talking about things in terms of ditches is because that's how life goes, right? We're, we're, we're always tempted to fall into one or the other. And so we're going to unpack this and we're going to talk about why this is important because in terms of who you are and how we do life, this is what I have seen for both my life and for many of the people that I walk with. We fall in one ditch or another. Now, I'm going to tell you what has happened recently, this past year. Um, last summer, I spent about six weeks walking through a really dark place that I had, I, I had been sozoed, I had gotten inner healing, I was spirit-filled, I couldn't believe that I was fighting a battle that I had had victory over for almost 10 years. So I, I, I go back to my default, right? <laughs> I'm like, okay, <clears throat> we're, we're going to do something for Jesus. And, and we're going to get over this battle. Well, you know, that doesn't work. <laughs> because I'm doing it for Jesus instead of with Jesus. And so then I'm, I'm like, well, I need to, to pray hard enough. <clears throat> and I need to go back and, and get my little tools, right? We all have toolboxes. So last spring in, when quarantine hit um we did we did some furniture shuffling and i i literally i have a closet <laughs> i joined the ranks of those with a closet so i have a closet so i'm in my closet and i had the um, previous year created uh, themes of the prophetic words that i had given i had been given over my life probably the past seven years <clears throat> and so i'm pulling out my prophetic words about myself right about who i am about who god says i am and i'm declaring my identity i'm a daughter of the king i am the salt of the earth i have a call on my life i have been saved for this moment and i'm declaring this stuff and the battle would hit again like i'd be okay like oh no i'm the salt of the earth I've got this. My, my voice goes out. I'm here for, for preservation, to bring out the best in others. I'm passionate about identity, if you don't know that about me. 
And then the battle would hit again. And my husband, bless his heart, he was like the exorcist. He would just be like, whoa, whoa. And it, it hit one day um, when we were driving and we had our travel trailer behind us. We were heading up to Nashville, up to Old Hickory Lake to camp and it hit again. And I lost it. And my husband's driving down the highway like, Jesus, bless her, Lord. <laughs> and I am wailing. And I'm like, I am just like, Jesus, take me home. I can't do this. I've been walking with, for, from you since I was 12. I can't keep doing this. I'm dying inside so we pulled it together, we went camping, we got back, and, um, and the enemy pulled out one last tactic. You know, because he was winning. I was getting hammered, and he was winning. And the fruit of him winning was, it just kept coming. You know, in those um, war movies, when they start to to hit that wall and the wall starts to shake and crack and crumble. Well, that was where I was at. And I could see the enemy like looking at me and seeing these cracks and these pieces crumbling off and going, oh, we're almost there, we're almost there, we're almost there. And he pulled out one last thing. But you see, God chose you and he never left you. He never left me. And two years prior to last summer, he spoke a name over me. I was in a class with Tracy LeCure. She said, ask God what he calls you right now. And I heard this thing, it had to be him. I don't think of myself this way. He said, you are my trustworthy daughter. And I was like, oh, I like that. I'll wear that. <laughs> And then I was in a conversation. And someone challenged my trustworthiness. They said to me, I don't, I don't know if I can trust you again. Right to my heart. So when that conversation ended, I went back into my closet and I was like, Jesus, I think I'm going to die. I can't keep doing this. What do you say? He said, what do I call you? I said, trustworthy daughter. He goes, well, why don't you take that to the bank? Because you see, <laughs> the, the battle ended that day because I got back with Jesus and started walking in my identity. I couldn't do it for him. I couldn't do it from him. I couldn't do it with rules, and I couldn't do it without him. But with him, that battle ended. He knew two years prior I was going to need that word. So I want to talk to you today about why this is important. And I'm, I'm going to watch the clock for the sake of kids arise. <clears throat> you see, if, if something is going wrong, is it on God's end 
No, it has to be on our end, right? So all of my years growing up, I was muted. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know my voice. I didn't know how to use my voice. And even under God with rules, I was still muted. I didn't have this sense. <laughs> so what I want to talk to you about today is going to come out of the parable of the talents. Oh, do I want to go? Okay, so what happens, I know, right? Um, so on this side, I was just muted. I was locked down. I was shut up. I, I was um, without God, right? Didn't have him. Didn't, it wasn't influence in my life. And then I moved to this other ditch. See, I get up here, I get to use big words. <laughs> myopic. Myopic. It, I'm looking at myself, right? I'm living for Jesus. What can I do for Jesus? Check these boxes and get the blessings in exchange for my faithfulness. So these are our two ditches, and I want to look at this in sense of stewardship, in the sense of the parable in the in the parable of the talents. <clears throat> can we have that next slide? I love this. So we're not talking about money right? You figured that out. We're talking about what we have, stewarding what we have. Again, heaven's kingdom is like a wealthy man who went on a long journey, summoned his faithful servants, and assigned them, signed some financial management over them. Next slide. Before he left on his journey, he entrusted a bag of 5,000 gold coins to one of his servants, to another 2,000 gold coins, and to a third one gold coins, each according to his ability to manage. Next slide. The one entrusted with 5,000 gold coins immediately went out and traded with the money, and he doubled his investment. Next slide. In the same way, the one who was entrusted with 2,000 gold coins went out and doubled his investment, but the one entrusted with 1,000 gold coins dug a hole in the ground and buried his master funny. Can we say he was over here? Right? He did nothing. Next slide. After much time has passed, the master returned to settle the accounts. The one who was entrusted with 5,000 gold coins came and brought him 10, seeing I've doubled your money. Next slide. Same thing happens to the um, second servant, but the third servant... Oh, so then he's commanded. Go ahead. So the, the master now doubles his, um, what he has because he's been a faithful stu steward. And next slide. Y'all know the story, right? But the third one, number three. Look, sir, I know that you're a hard man to please and you're a shrewd and ruthless businessman who grows on, rich on the backs of others. I was afraid of you. I was afraid of you. So I went and I hid and buried your money in the ground. But here it is. Take it. It's yours. Next slide. And the master's like, you untrustworthy, lazy steward. I mean, come on. 
Anybody ever have your boss talk to you like that? Like, it doesn't feel good, right? Like, geez, I thought I was doing okay. Here, take this. So, I was reading through this last summer, and the Lord asked me a question. He said to me, Ann, what don't you see in the parable? I hate those questions, right? Isn't it, isn't it better to be like, oh, I know what I see. Like, I see a servant, I see three people, I see... Mm. But God said to me, what don't you see in the parable? So what don't you see in this parable? Anybody? I'll help you. <laughs> There's no mention of comparison between the three men. There's no mention of jealousy or looking at what the other one got. There's no mention of risk. They just made the investments and doubled them. There's no mention of how risky the investment was. There's no mention of failure, except for with number three. But even he gave back the money that he was given. There's no mention that any one of these guys asked for the talents, asked for the gold coins, right? There's so much in here that's, that's just not mentioned. But what is implied? So implicit in here is they all started with something, right? And the Lord stopped me there and he said, Ann, you all start with something. Genesis 1.1. You all start with a spirit and a soul, and by chapter 3, we got a body. Probably had a body before. It probably just looked different. But we all start with the same thing out of the box. We start with a personality. We start with um, abilities. Left-handed, right-handed, sense of rhythm or not. We all have something to start with, implicit in the parable. Implicit in the parable is the idea that the king, the master, expects increase and rewards increase. So the first two guys do something and get increase. So implicit in the parable of the talents in stewarding this money is the idea of increase. Also implicit is the idea that increases joy. So let's just break those prosperity myths. Christians should be poor, give away our things. No, let's just, that's implicit here is the idea that there's joy with increase. And the last thing that's implicit is that each of these three guys had a sense of the Father's heart. How could those first two guys know how to invest their money and double it if they didn't understand the Father's heart? Because there, I don't think there was any, any instruction. It was just here. Here's some gold coins. I'll be back. Right? Here, here's an amazing ability to write books. Right? Here, here's an amazing ability to bring music to
to God's people, I'll be back. We all start with something. So I started after last summer, last fall, I started seeing swords. Um, some of us women, we like swords, right? They make us feel how? They make us feel powerful. So the Lord dropped this sword in my hand. I had to buy one. This is the biggest one my husband would allow me to get. <laughs> it was implicit in his response when I said, I want to buy a sword. <laughs> I knew what he was thinking. <laughs> so I started seeing these swords, and they were kind of falling in, in my little closet room, and um, and then one day the Lord said to me, I want you to surrender your sword. You see, these swords were coming in the form of my passions, my personality, my abilities, my skills, my intellect, my time. These swords Rep, this sword represented all those things in me. And the Lord was saying to me, I want you to steward your sword. So when we look at the parable of the talents, we have to understand that we're chosen for intimacy. We're chosen to do life with God. But the first thing he says is, Surrender that sword, and then we can do it together. You see, we're chosen to be in intimacy, right? A triune Godhead created us in their image, which means we're created for intimacy. And out of intimacy comes our identity, and so part of our identity is being able to do life with God. Have I lost you? Kids arise. So in this ditch, we're doing life without God, right? We have no voice. We're not stewarding anything. And by voice, I mean, I don't mean like I'm a speaker. I mean like we all have a voice, right? I really didn't have any passions either. So we're just kind of running through life and um, keeping our head down, right? And over here we have this myopic sense where we, we, um, we just follow the rules to be safe. Safety is a high value for me, if you haven't figured that out already. Following the rules, we go on mission for God. We're going to go do things for Jesus. And we, um, we do things to be blessed, to get our blessings. If Jesus is talking to you, feel free to just carry on that conversation with him. I'm just popping the cork here. So last summer when 
these swords were coming and I was thinking about my identity and my failures, <laughs> the Lord said to me, stop wielding that sword until you've surrendered it. And that's what I want you to hear this morning. If you hear nothing else, then hear this. We all have a sword, and Jesus is asking you not to use it until you've surrendered it. Once you surrender it, then he'll tell you what to do with it, because he wants to do it with you. Does that make sense? <clears throat> what, what causes us to fall in this ditch over here, to, to be shut down? And what causes us to fall over there? Sin? Like what? Rejection? <laughs> Take your pick. Lack of identity? Survival. Yeah, I was in survival mode. What causes us to fall into this myopic ditch where it's all about me? Denial. Yeah, unhealed wounds. I jumped from this ditch to this ditch and brought my unhealed wounds with me. And so I had these walls up around my heart and I went on mission for Jesus with walls up and no intimacy. Zero level of intimacy. <clears throat> because we're not created to live here or here. They're both sort of a dead-end blessing. But when we work here the way we were dis designed and created to live, certain things happen. <clears throat> First thing that happens is... Um, We start the day from a place of surrender. So what happened last summer was in my closet, right before the sword started falling, right after Jesus said, who do I say you are? I started getting flooded with the Father's love. Because we go in, we, we go in and we worship. And we should. And when we've worshipped to what we feel is sufficiency, then we go on with our day, right? We've checked the box, we go on with our day. But what if, what if you trusted me on this? What if you let him love you back? And then you come out of your closet. <laughs> All loved. What do we call that? Overflow. Sweet. <laughs> right? Now we have more than enough because we've gotten our love tank topped up and we say, Jesus, use me. Take my goofy personality. Take my silly sense of humor. Take my passion and use me. And now I'm in a place of overflow so that he can those strong riverbanks, now he can flow out of me faster because I've given him permission to. <clears throat> in um, 
In John 14, 15, Jesus says, by loving me, you will be able to obey me. So by letting him love me, it creates space for obedience. So I have so much more here, but we're going to keep going. We have a saying here at Arise, increased, authority, uh, increased responsibility brings you increased authority. Remember what happened in our parable? They were good stewards with what they were given, and the, the master doubled it. Increased responsibility brings increased authority, and guess what else comes with it? Increased intimacy. So you almost might say increased Im intimacy brings increased responsibility, which brings increased authority. Because God called you to rise up and be who you were created to be, which are priests and kings, right? In his kingdom, not in this world, in his kingdom. It may be that you end up as one in this world, but for the purpose of bringing his kingdom, for the purpose of surrendering <clears throat> that company that you started that's doubling in size every year, what you well just do one more dance God created you to be a distribution center for the riches in heaven. Those are not my words. I, you know, took them. But they've wrecked us. Terry and I, they've wrecked us. Your personality, your abilities, your passions, your time, your love is for the purpose of being a distribution center for the kingdom of heaven. But you've got to surrender it to the king. You've got to surrender it to the king. Otherwise, you're, you're going down the path of number three, right? <laughs> Lazy, unfaithful servant. Oh, come on. What is holding us back? What is holding us back from letting him use us? I have a sticky note on my closet wall. Um, I... <laughs> I actually put it on my Bible and brought it with me today. <clears throat> Be faithful with what I have. I didn't feel like this message was ready, but it's, I, I'm faithful with what I have, right? Be faithful with what you have today. And don't try to steward what you don't have yet. Be faithful with what you have today. And I'm sorry, there's no hoarding unless God tells you to hoard. 
because there's a famine coming or something. Surrender what you have today and let him use that. I love Dallas Jenkins' thing about the the Chosen series. God didn't call you to feed the 5,000. He called you to bring your loaves and fishes. And that's the point this morning. What are your loaves and fishes? And are you willing to surrender them? Because you are designed to be a distribution center for the kingdom of heaven so that you can increase, so that you have greater capacity to bring more of the riches into this world. The only thing God asks for us is that we stay in intimacy with him and steward it well. So the other day I ended up um, with... with, um, some changes in my schedule. And so I was sitting in my closet and, and I saw my sticky note that says, steward what you have today. I said, Jesus, what do I, what do I have today? He goes, I don't know, what do you have today? I said, I got a lot of time. He goes, let's steward that. I'm like, okay. So I stayed in my closet a little bit longer and I kept looking over at this um, pink column of sticky notes and those are, those are all of y'all, right? Terry's on top, and then our children and our grandchildren, and then our core leadership, and then my community development team, and then some of you others that the Lord has put on my heart. And I prayed for you. But he kept putting my eye over on this. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm just going to pray for the pink stickies today. And I did. And then I was like, you know what? I think I'll go for a walk. So I went for a walk. I didn't really because... I barely got two houses down my street and neighbors started coming out and walking and, um, gosh, divine encounters. I didn't even make my whole walk because I ran out of time because I kept running into people, right? And they'd say to me things like, you know, Anne, um, yesterday was um, the anniversary of my wife's passing. And I was like, ooh. You know, so I'm listening. I'm like, how you doing? He goes, well, he goes, the other thing is, um, in three days, it's her birthday. And you know, Anne, I'm just not doing very well. Because I stewarded, 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 stewarded my time and said to the Lord, what do I have today? He said, you have time. I'm focusing on people. His heart was focusing on people. And I went out and he brought all these people to me who let me pray for them, who let me just listen, be a friend. Do you see what I'm saying? Every day, God, what what, am I, what do I have today that I can steward? Because the biggest trouble that I've gotten in is when I've stewarded things I didn't have yet. <laughs> so, in um, 2002, I left public teaching for the first time. <clears throat> it wasn't um, an easy leave. It, it wasn't what I wanted but it's what happened. And I didn't know what else to do. <clears throat> and as many of, of you know, I, I see ideas. I see possibilities. I see ideas. And so I had this idea. I thought, well, I'm going to start a school. 
I was teaching high school. I was teaching at-risk kids. So I started this school, and I got a flock of kids who were like, sure, I want to be where you are, right? And, and so I start this school. Huh? With a sword. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't equipped to start that school yet. I, I leveraged relationships who could help me because I still have walls up, right? So my relationships weren't meaningful. They were, um, they were things I could leverage to get me where I needed to go. And six months later, I lost my house. I lost relationships in my church. And I hurt a handful of high school students because I couldn't deliver what I promised on. Because I tried to do something I didn't have the equipping for yet. Does that make sense? I'll put it away. <laughs> Jesus. I am a dangerous woman. All right, so if for the kingdom. I, for the kingdom. <laughs> so would you all stand with me and the worship team can come up I just want to pray for us real quick would you go ahead and put your hand on your heart Father God um, intimacy with you is the best thing that you've ever offered us doing life with you. Father God, on behalf of so many of us, I want to repent from putting our swords down, from allowing our um, insecurities to become an idol. We repent from using our introvertedness as an excuse for not picking up our sword. And Jesus, we repent from going on mission without you, with wounded hearts, doing things out of season. So Jesus, thank you as you bring us back to the cross, as you bring us back to your heart. We give you ourselves afresh today. We ask you for eyes to see what we have so that we can steward it well because we love you and because we, we want to be on mission with you. In Jesus' name. Everything moved.